0: All right, here we go. Anna is connecting to audio.
1: In my background, excuse me.
0: <laughs> it's like reverse. It's like it's covering you.
1: <laughs> a nice pink flower. And...
0: Hey, was... hey, Anna. That's yeah, that's way, way better. Way, way better. <laughs> that was funny. It's uh, It was as if it was your uh, background was switched around where it was covering your face rather than covering <laughs> the background. <laughs> That's amazing! Happy um, Friday morning to you. Thank you.
1: It's a it's a beautiful spring morning over here in uh, Dunedin, New Zealand. So pretty special, actually, as we get through winter to actually have some sunlight.
0: Oh, good. So you say Dunedin? Yeah. Is it? Uh, how do you spell that?
1: D u n e d i n. It's Scottish origin name. So um,
0: we're we're Dunedin.
1: I think uh, we're the Edinburgh of the South we were settled by the Scots, and so perhaps there's a Scottish connection into Florida there as well.
0: The Edinburgh of the South, I like it. Mm. <laughs> that is amazing. So, I, uh, I have to say something in fun here because we're kind of starting. I did not even think about it being winter there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I'm such an American.
1: <laughs> but it's, it's so funny because when we have our Christmas, Christmas to me means summer, right? So. It means going to the beach and what we call jandals, which are like slip-ons that you wear on your feet, thongs, slip-ons, what we call jandals. And so that's they're our symbols of Christmas as opposed to snow and reindeer and so forth, although we still kind of jump between the two.
0: That is amazing. We watch a fellow from uh, New Zealand, from that area, and he has a saying, he says, you can't handle the jandal. He actually says yeah. that as a saying. So now yeah. I'm so we have, we have thought for years. It was on a show, an adventure show, where the fellow was out in the, I guess, the bush, somewhere out in the way, and, and he would always say, you can't handle the jandal. Yeah, a very Kiwi saying. It is, how great is that? Huh? So, all right, thank you, And it was great to meet you. I think that's uh, that covers my whole life there. <laughs> you you answered <laughs> that question. Oh, cool.
1: sounds great. If, if I come up with any words or phrases that you don't understand, because they are a bit you then just yell out and I'll because <laughs> I, I won't I even am, know that i'm saying them
0: probably i understand i will pray now that you do because <laughs> <laughs> i love i love fun words and i love fun people and it is an, an amazing uh, amazing journey meeting interesting people in this format rather than trying to do some sort of fancy try to be something like a yep. interviewer which is which is neat and it, there's a place but i'm gonna make an awkward noise with my uh, my new clabbered uh, which is my stapler here, and then we will jump in, and I will, I will say hello to you just as if we met. Okay, great. All right, so ready? Here we go. Hi, Anna. I am so happy to be introduced to you. What part of the world are you in right now?
1: Hey, Tom. Nice to see you. I hey. am at the, well. I'm at the bottom of the world, but we like to think of ourselves as the top of the world. So I'm in a place called Dunedin which is in New Zealand, not Florida. So Dunedin in New Zealand.
0: It's 6.30, excuse me, it's 6 o'clock my time on Thursday. What time would it be in New Zealand now?
1: It's, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. So I'm ahead of you and I'm very bright and sparky. So you might struggle to keep up because I, I've actually just come back from India and about in the weekend. So, and so the, for most of this week, I've been really jet lagged. But last night I had... A very amazing sleep. So I am full of beans today.
0: I am happy, happy to hear that. I normally uh, I did have a conversation uh, with a, a a person that was in Australia, and it was or it was similar timing. and we actually he was having his coffee while I was having a, a beer. <laughs> so it was kind <laughs> of like it was the thing. So you are actually in the future, which is kind of neat. So I wish yeah, uh, let let me know if anything happens. So, you know, like the lottery so I could. <laughs> you know have a go at it. have a go at it and i see that you have a, a zest wellness logo tell me what kind of bit what kind of business is zest wellness
1: so let me backtrack so I, i'm actually a scientist and and i love plants so i've always been interested in what, what i call plant bioactive so they're the compounds and plants that that we have as part of our diet but we can also use as medicines. And actually, a lot of pharmaceuticals are derived from some of these compounds. Um, Some of the opioids, for example, probably not the right example to use, but but many such as aspirins and so forth. So So I've always been interested in plant compounds. And a number of years ago, I met my business partner, and he suffers from a chronic disease called sarcoidosis. His name is Darcy. And sarcoidosis is an autoimmune disease which affects well, it affects many functions, but it can really badly affect lung function and, and respiratory system. And <clears throat> a lot of autoimmune diseases and many chronic diseases actually derive or, or, or are built on the basis of this chronic inflammation that happens in our bodies. And so we started looking at plant compounds to reduce this chronic inflammation. And we developed a a lung product that was fantastic and made a huge difference for him. And we thought, right, we've got to commercialize this because not so much around commercializing for the money, but actually we just need to spread the word. We need to get other people using these compounds. And that was how Zest was born. It was born out of absolute passion for the use of these compounds in in human health.
0: So did you grow up? wanting to be a scientist was there a a hero that you had or something that made you think or is maybe DNA like mom and dad or were were scientists why the scientist path
1: that's a good question actually and often I often I think you know what because if people say to me "You, you don't sound like a scientist or you don't look like a scientist and I think well what what does a scientist sound or look like and I've always been someone who likes to ask questions, and that doesn't mean whether they matter whether they're science questions, business questions, community questions. I don't ever really accept the status quo, so I've always asked questions. And then, in terms of my own family, my uh, my father was a medical doctor. Uh, he was a professor of the local medical school here at Otago, and he had a line, uh, and he did this um, a really interesting work. So he was a geriatrician, which means he specialized in Older people, elder people, elder medicine, if you like. And he, I remember him telling me very strongly as a youngster that he he did a big study around preventative medicine. And he said, we spend a lot of money in in health circles at what he called the bottom of the cliff. So once people are sick, that's when we spend the money. But he actually did a study where they quantified what you spend in terms of preventative medicine. So if you spend the money before you get sick. For every dollar that you spend in preventative medicine, you save six dollars uh, at the bottom, at the end of the cliff. So if you can, so for example, with elderly people, if you can prevent them from falling, if you can improve their balance with uh, better exercise, weight and weights and so forth, and you can prevent them falling in the first place, then you save money. So that, I guess he was one inspiration at one level in terms of the science and the asking questions. And my mum was actually my other inspiration. So she... She was brought up on a really extensive sheep and beef hill country farm in New Zealand, which if you look at photos of New Zealand online and you Google sheep, that's what you'll see, these stunning, uh, extensive farms. But when she was a young woman, uh, it, it wasn't a done thing for women to become farmers. And so she went teaching, but she always wanted to go back farming. So when she was about 40, she went. She bought her own farm, and um, and and dragged dad out, and off they went, and they were farming as well. So dad was doctor, mum was farming, and I kind of ended up in the middle, being a plant scientist, if you like. So it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a. I really am a, a
0: hybrid. That is that is an amazing. I'm so glad I asked you that question. That is so neat. Mm-hmm. So, so your mom be- became a a farmer. Did was she like a farmer? Like she raised. Sheep?
1: Yeah, so sheep and beef and all extensively grass or, or forage grazed. And, and thinking about sort of that whole food and health story, there's the meat that we eat from forage grazed animal is much higher in long chain fatty acids, uh, so much healthier for us. And it's actually really a good source of some of the omega-3 type fatty acids that we see in fish. So, you know, she, I say she produces the world's healthiest animals for
0: us to eat. And they they seem like very sweet animals too. I mean, there's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's
1: probably the hard thing about being a farmer, right? You actually, you have to manage that side of it.
0: There has been a resurgence here in the States uh, around farming and around raising closer to home, meaning that there are people that are having farms rather than thinking... I'm going to have a thousand-acre farm. That they have a hundred-acre farms. You know, obviously contextual to the to, to what they're growing. Uh, with it, there's a, a big show that's on called Yellowstone, which is a uh, it's 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 a show about like cattle farming. Cowboys. And yeah, cowboys, cowboys, and cattle. So that's a, that's a big show that's got uh, Kevin
1: Costner on it. Is that yes. the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've watched, watched that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, 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 was trying to remember his name, and all of a sudden, it's just yeah. like you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really ever call me, so I don't have to remember his name. So, but,
1: but. <laughs> he might shoot you if he does. Like he's always got his <laughs> pistol out, right?
0: <laughs> I have seen. I have. I have seen that. That I've seen that. So, did you grow up uh, in the countryside, or, or did, or or did you grow up like in the city?
1: So I grew up partially in the city, and then shifted later in my teenage years into the country, and then, uh, then I married a farmer. So uh, yes.
0: <laughs> there we go. I like it. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I and so I, and he's a he's a dairy farmer. So milks cows, and uh, and so I was never particularly useful to him on the farm, uh, but I but I always I've, I've always I guess I've always loved that this hybrid again this hybrid piece, and I keep using the word hybrid, and that's because you know most of my training is actually in plant genetics where we actually produce hybrids so there's another nice little
0: um <laughs> that is a, they my uh my father-in-law told me a story that he has property and he told me a story about a uh, a thing called super trees i don't know if it's around yeah. the whole world um i know you probably know this story but when he was telling it to me he said that they on their land they would look for those trees and then they would take the cones and protect them very carefully from the trees uh is that do you do that but just kind of on a micro scale
1: Yeah, so we do that, in in my past we did that more on a macro scale. So we would run big plant breeding programs where you're selecting for those super plants, if you like, or you're creating hybrids if you have one one group of plants has a trait like disease resistance that you want, and then another group of plant has a beautiful taste, and then you cross those two plants to try and get the combination of the two. And that's really what plant breeding and genetics is about. Interestingly, though, on that super plant, when you find them out in the wild like that or on extensive networks, there's more and more evidence coming that that might not just be to do with the plant genetics, but associated with things like mycorrhizal fungi and the whole environment in terms of that soil and the bacteria that that plant grows in. And we're getting a much better understanding scientifically, of the wider ecosystem and how that leads to plant and animal health, it's it's quite exciting.
0: I guess I've seen it called nature first therapy.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I feel like that over the last few years, you know, things have kind of gotten crazy in the last two or three years. I don't know if you, you guys remember that already. Yeah, no,
1: we, we feel the same.
0: I am really seeing a what what I feel like a a movement back to and I will just even be candid to say that we went into some of our older books. I have many cookbooks from my grandmothers and things that had poultices and all of these things that if you have a chest cough, make take mu- it was this really weird thing where you take mustard, dry mustard, and you put it on on cloth and then you put it on your chest. And I'm seeing a, a movement that I think moving back again closer to home to to you know, curing yourself or doing things that would cause you to not just relieve the symptoms, of course, wanting to relieve the symptoms, but ultimately receiving, uh, excuse me, re- relieving the factor that is causing the problems. Do you think that what you're doing is actually helping not just cure the, the, the infl- uh, inflammation? Or do you think that it can actually, when you get rid of the inflammation, it can move towards that vector that is the thing that's causing the inflammation?
1: yeah absolutely and and so in terms of the the kind of natural medicines or natural therapies let's explore that a bit because i think because as a scientist and western science often looks at that and says well where's the evidence you know uh it doesn't work where's the evidence but I, i just want to explore that in terms of how i've been trained as a scientist and why i now question some of that and i don't question the science but i question the way that perhaps i've been trained so let me describe to you how you're trained as a scientist right So you tend to start off with quite a broad science degree and then you might go into an honors or a master's program and you you focus more narrowly. And then you go into a PhD doctorate program and you focus even more narrowly. So I went from sort of broad plants, ecology, biochemistry, really wide, right down to the RNA of wheat and the DNA of wheat. So really quite narrow and focusing on focusing on a gene, this is gonna sound crazy, that um, makes noodles yellow. <laughs> so yellow wait, alkaline wait, wait,
0: noodles. Wait, wait. <laughs> so what, so <laughs> okay, alg- I'm not gonna let you get past that one. So, okay, so say that again, you're-, you're So again. all
1: over the world, we have different, we eat different types of wheat cultivars, right? So if you're in Japan, you're more likely to eat what they call yellow alkaline noodles, which you'll see in the supermarkets and, and the States. Uh, they've got a special gene that helps make them yellow, and they're a different type of wheat genetics to your bread wheat or your normal pasta wheat. So there you go. So that's how narrow I
0: got. <laughs> I would say that was probably narrow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so thinking about that, then thinking about how narrow we get as scientists, we then tend to and and connect that with the pharmaceutical medicine movement where we've really been in the last hundred years we've tended to go, when we're thinking about a disease, we tend to try and get down to one compound, one biochemical pathway. And yet, if you think about what's causing this chronic inflammation and causing chronic uh, disease like diabetes, heart heart disease, dementia, they're never one biochemical pathway. And so you might be able to switch off one biochemical pathway, but you don't necessarily get to the real root of the cause. And I think this is where this more holistic medical thinking is moving to and they they have a, a name for it integrative medicine or functional uh, medicine and really it's about saying well actually our bodies and our ecosystems are more complex than these one biochemical pathways and I'm not against the pharmaceutical industry I think we've done some incredible things but again it's going right back to that ambulance at the bottom of the cliff thinking and we have to think more holistically about the food we eat And we have to think about food as medicines and we have to think about our body as many, many pathways and many biochemical pathways, but also many, many organisms. So I carry somewhere between me one and 10 trillion microbes. So when I walked here today, I brought with me all my trillions of microbes, as did you. And so thinking about that, just thinking about those trillions of microbes and then thinking about all the signals and pathways that they are producing, then how can we, if I get to what looking at one gene in a noodle, then how can I understand all that if I'm so reductionist focused? Does that make sense? So the way we're trained is this kind of reductionist narrow things down. And we forget that we're living in this incredibly complex, exciting, dynamic world. And I think, for me, that's where this more holistic thinking about our health fits
0: so it seems almost if you're drilling down past the head of the nail, it seems that you're trying to to based on the way that I understand that you are that you may actually be going past I'm say I'm and I'm gonna be out of my uh, school here past the pathogen, going past the the small part uh down to a uh to a level that you really would have to almost look back up to find those connections. you keep saying hybrid. Yep. Which is a wonderful, you know, which is a a wonderful way thinking that if you maybe scan back out a little bit, you could see a broader view and say, oh, this and that together can affect different parts of the outcome, the desired outcome that you want from, you know, consuming the pharmaceutical or the nutraceutical or the, or the, the. I almost said medicine. Yeah. Like, do you guys call your stuff medicine or do what do you call no, it? No,
1: no, we call ourselves um By plant medicine. New, nutraceuticals, yeah. Nutraceuticals. But, but, but we kind of cross that 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 world of well, I sort of think I, th- I think nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals are converging anyway as industries. And so we like to think of ourselves on the bridge. But I think in terms of if I can tell the story of my business partner, Darcy, and his sarcoidosis. So he 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 literally lay on a gurney in a hospital and Said if I ever get out of this, then I'm going to do something about it. So that was kind of where he was very close to dying. In fact, his doctor told me doc told him he'd be lucky to be around in six months' time. So he, so he did. The, he went on a massive investigative door, journey, and he has this favorite line, uh, and the line is that inflammation is the smoking gun at the scene of all crimes, and and that really from all his reading, what he really decided was that no matter your disease, and this is especially for later life people, so no, much, we're not talking genetic diseases here, these are chronic diseases, no matter your disease, whether it's dementia, heart disease, uh, some many forms of cancer, and so forth, probably what's underlying that disease is chronic inflammation, and we explore inflammation a little bit. When you sprain an ankle, you get inflammation and that allows your body to go and heal that ankle. Similarly, when you get a viral infection or a bacterial infection, your body's immediate response is to go inflame around that area and try and fight that pathogen, send all the molecules to try and uh, fight that pathogen. When we're talking about chronic inflammation, it's when we've, our body starts recognizing good things so or, or things that, that are not dangerous to us as potential pathogens. So the rise in gluten resistance, for example, or gluten problems can be connected with this. So our body starts to say, actually, you're a problem. I'm going to inflame. And we we end up in this chronically, constantly inflamed state. And so what we have to do with our lifestyle is address that chronic inflammation. And that's really the genesis of where our business started. But if, in terms of Darcy's journey, from being you know really quite close to, dying he he's now been uh, officially declared in in remission for a sarcoidosis he's gone from 24 pharmaceuticals every day down to three and you know he still gets incredibly regular checks he's still got to work really really hard to uh, on his on his health but i think he he kind of hit that point of he was on prednisone and all sorts of steroids on a daily basis blowing up like a balloon and he said so uh, these pharmaceuticals are great for saving me right, right now, but they're not going to give me a long-term future. So I actually have to go to the root cause of what's causing the problem, which is this chronic inflammation, address that through my diet, through my exercise, and through the plant compounds that I take, and then reduce some of those pharmaceuticals. And
0: that's where he's at now. I'm so excited to hear that. And I'm I'm wishing well. So Darcy is your co-founder for the company. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's good. I'll tell you that um, my sister, one thing I learned, uh, my sister had some medical problems growing up. And one of the things that I no- I began noticing is that she would take a, a pill for something. She got to where she had the kit, you know, the entire yeah. kit. Yeah, just some similar to Darcy. And this brings up, you know, that's it's personal. But I would say this to you anyway. I'll take that part out that um it seemed like she had she took one pill that uh he did something but that made her liver not work and so she would take a pill for her liver which would make her kidneys not work and then all of a sudden we got to the very end where she would take something you know 24 pills later that would that actually would looped all the way back to the first to the first medicine so i kind of i kind of wish that um that we you know we had some uh uh, some nutraceuticals for her to to have at least gotten some of those things out. So I don't mean to say that to bring that down, but I, no, I, no, I feel no. very seriously, I, 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 I have a tremendous amount of true empathy <laughs> for Darcy, Darcy uh, knowing that. So do you feel like that y'all started the company on the, uh, that, that it could have been the nexus of, of the company that he got sick, do you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. I, if, if we would not have started Zest if he had not got sick in the first place, because... I think so. He's an engineer; his background's engineering, and engineers get things done. And I met him through through his sickness. And biologists like me, we like to see the data. So so we have we have a quite nice uh, point of tension there. But it also means that as a business, we both get things done and we use the data. So uh, it's an interesting it is an interesting, I guess, combination. Uh, but I certainly. And and I we certainly wouldn't have started the business if he hadn't have got sick because he would have carried on in his physical engineering world and he wouldn't have even started looking at biology and you know we biology is is a different world and he he treats it he, he looks at it like an injury he looks at the body like a mathematical function and I'm like unless nah, you can account for all those trillion bacteria then that's a pretty that's a pretty complex algorithm you're developing there you might need to think a bit more widely so we have this great tension around engineering and biology but um it's led to where we're at
0: now sounds like you're a match made in heaven <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah yeah sometimes it doesn't feel like that <laughs> I,
0: yeah I kind of set you up on that one there <laughs> Do you have anything to do with that section of, of science, or I don't know if it's science? Um, is that yeah. something that your that your products do? Yeah. Or so let me let me question. tell you about that. But first, <laughs> let me
1: but first let me tell you about something that I heard yesterday, which I thought was really really cool. Uh, so this was a scientist speaking on a show that I was listening to, and he said, as we get older, we blame what we can't do or how our body feels on age when actually it's just that we're not doing what we used to do so so when you first go back to jumping your body's just going to go oh what are you doing to me but when you start it doing it every day your body goes oh this is normal and you don't feel the aches and pains and so i thought that was a really interesting way of thinking in terms of thinking about exercise uh it's not that we can't do things we are used to it's just that we've stopped doing the things we are used to so you know keep playing tennis I play field hockey I always say you know I've just got to keep playing till I'm in my 70s and 80s because if I stop that's it right so I think it, it, this concept of we feel aches and pains when we stop doing things not because we're old that's a cool concept but anyway so let's go to gut health so I've talked about the trillions of microbes right so what we're what we're understanding is the relationship with about of, of our gut with the rest of our body, so we we hear about the gut brain axis. So people, I think, are getting a better understanding that uh, our mental health and so forth, as well as our acuity, is really connected to what we eat and the microbes in our gut. Uh, but also our, our other organs, so our heart, our lung, they all have their own microbiome. So we all have, we have these bacteria throughout our body, and that's hugely influenced by what we eat. And so let me just explore that a little bit. Um, we hear about probiotics, and probiotics are the good bacteria that are in our, in our body. And then there's also prebiotics. And we, there's a, probably been more focus on probiotics, but in terms of what we can do on a daily basis, prebiotics are equally, if not more important. And prebiotics are the fibers, a uh, type of fibre, and different types of fibers. So it's not just one type of fibre, so different types of fibre that our bacteria in our stomach need to survive. So if I eat one fruit type, then that fruit type will have lots of different fibers and it will suit different species of bacteria in my gut. I then follow up with another fruit type and that will be a whole different species of bacteria. So what we want is this really diverse microbiome. So we want lots of different types of bacteria in our gut. And so to promote that, we need to eat lots of different types of fiber. So we need, and and they come from plants. So we need to not just be eating one salad with just lettuce in it. We need to be aiming to eat, and here's the number, we need to aim to eat 30 different plant species a
0: week. Wow. Right 30, no, at 30 like 30, like three zero? <laughs>
1: yeah, three
0: zero. So, okay, and, so I've and, got broccoli and lettuce. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I
0: got 36 more to go.
1: Yeah, well, you use herbs and spices, right?
0: I do. Uh, those are plants, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay.
1: And you, if you use some good quality potentially oils, uh, olive oils, you might use nut. You might have a handful of nuts. So when you oh, so like think about almonds? it, it's not, okay. yeah, it's not as hard as you think, but you probably just have to put a little more focus on eating a few more plant species and really eating that rainbow of colors as well, because it's not just the fibres that they bring, but that rainbow represents a whole bunch of different plant compounds so for example the ones that I really love are anthocyanins and they are the purple the the compounds that make plants purple so aubergines uh, some of the purple sweet potatoes berries black currants boysenberries red currants they're full of these really rich anthocyanins and anthocyanins reduce inflammation in our body so so yeah so anyway lots of plants and then and we've developed gut health, a gut health product which is really exciting. We've got three probiotics in the gut health product, as well as two really great plants that contribute fibre as well as enzymes. So kiwi fruit uh, is, re- is fantastic for gut health. So that helps promote digestion. So it's got an enzyme called actinidin, which helps uh, digest protein. So if you have a big feed of meat, then follow it up with some kiwi fruit, and that will help you sleep at night. And uh, it also, it also has really good fibers for our bacteria and our gut. And we also have a type of fiber in there, or a plant in there called yacon. You heard of yacon?
0: No, it sounds like yak. Like it's going to make me. Yeah, yak. yeah. So it's
1: a it's actually a type of sweet potato that originates from South America, and it's really high in um, something called fructo oligosaccharides. And I say that really fast because
0: yeah, that's easy. Yeah, that's way easy for you to say. So it was re- but it sounds it actually- awesome in your accent. Though I'm just gonna say, that. <laughs> I want you to. So
1: it really, it really <laughs> helps your digestion, and it actually also helps you manage weight because it helps you feel fuller, and it helps move move things through your system. So it's been shown clinically to help promote weight loss when you, uh, in conjunction with a good diet. So we've got this kiwi fruit on. And probiotic combination in our gut health product which is really cool so we you know that's a great product but also i would really recommend that people aim for those 30 plant species a week Uh, and and you know what tends to happen when you eat that many plants is you you don't feel like reaching for the french fries (laughs) in quite the same way you know it's like a replacement theory
0: i like that idea that um i eat a i have a, a strange thing that i do is i will eat a salad for breakfast I, I don't right. really tell anybody that because people think, oh, really, that's gross. But I have um, cottage cheese and nuts and other types yeah. of cheeses, and uh, and that's not proclaiming my awesome healthiness. That's just saying that that's some, a weird thing that I do. But now I can see that uh, I don't have a biscuit and a gravy and sausage after that meal. Yeah. It is not, yeah. I'm not hungry, even though those are awesome. Uh, went like on days like today, that's something that I would eat rather than you know having something that would be maybe Saturday morning. Or uh, you know, or Sunday after, you know Sunday brunch, or doing that. Anna, you mentioned about your mental health and finding a a correlation or a relationship between your gut health. Is that something that you've studied?
1: So, so there are. I haven't. I mean, I've I've studied it absolutely in terms of looked at the at, looked at the research, and we're just starting to do some research around um, developing our own artificial guts uh, or microbiome, so that we can start understanding that. But there are, so there are a bunch of of bacteria in our gut that produce compounds, so they they produce their own compounds, which then make signals to our brain. Uh, And some of these are called things like short-chain fatty acids, so an example is a compound called butyrate, and these uh, promote either serotonin and cortisol, all these kind of uh, signals in our brain or promote the production of. In fact, actually... Our gut is the major source of serotonin in our body, which is a a good calming hormone. So our gut is really connecting and communicating through these bacterial signals to our brain on a um, right now, even as we speak, there's things happening. So if you ask me a question which I'm a little bit uncomfortable with, I'm going to be (laughs) you get that gut feeling right and you go oh and there's probably shooting cortisol messages up to my brain so it's all incredibly connected um to go into this fright or flight so don't ask me anything too hard right so again it goes back to that thinking about our body is not just our brain is not just the only part of mental health our mental health is our whole body and it's our whole bacteria and it's what we do to our body, and it's what we do during the day. It's how we sleep. It's whether we, you know, lift our phone too many times. You know, it, everything is a, a everything around us. We're our own ecosystem, just like that tree and the mycorrhiza. Uh, and if we treat our own bodies well, then we'll have better mental health.
0: So it's not just a, a vessel for me to stuff potatoes in. I guess it actually uh-huh. has a connection. I have. Uh, I had the good fortune of my dad was a wordsmith. And when we were growing up, if I, if we had a question about a word, he would make us go look at it. He was one of those guys. He was a super yeah. sweet guy, very happy, very fun. But he, if we asked a question, he would always go and he said how important language is. And just ago, you said about that gut feeling, I thought that's you know that is and and one that I actually had written down. And I'll take that part. I may not take that part out because it's kind of funny that uh, I actually had a note. Do what what caused you to have a stomach? For a startup, and I realized that the language I'm using is related to what you're doing, and I was thinking like (laughs) that is a so that is a thing I think that that maybe is a a mental way to communicate. That gets us thinking about those sort of things. My dad also happened to lose his sight. We would say to him, do you see what I mean? Or do you I mean he would say, uh, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> and so that's what made me. Literally, upset. I don't. Literally, literally. And if you haven't looked that up, look it up. <laughs> it's a uh, fun. So uh, thank you so much for answering that question. I want to skip over because I know we're like rushing up here. This is so much so awesome. But I want to go back to something that you said i'm gonna do that right now anna you mentioned about playing field hockey so you obviously yeah. are a, a sport person and new zealand is uh has has a couple of sports but it was uh but i was looking at things because uh, up here uh what we know of is new zealand is of course we know about kiwi <laughs> we know of, yeah. the, of the fun little creatures that you have around there and of course we we know and, and see you know the all blacks i mean that's that's a you know that's a big deal we we watch that everybody here in the in the states watch that and um so the uh with you playing field hockey uh is that something you said you said you're still doing
1: yeah so I'm still doing that and I and people people laugh when I tell them and they say oh do you play socially and I go oh no <laughs> it's not it's not social it, it's it very serious, actually it is it's wonderfully social I play with a bunch of women who were played with uh, you know well over a decade." And we've gone through ups and downs of bringing up children and all the you know all the things that you do as adults. And we get out on the field and we pretend like we're eighteen <laughs> in terms That's of our competitiveness. Cute. Yeah, but we are we are not the speed that we used to be, sadly.
0: That is a, a fun a fun part of of that is finding out that uh, our mind says, "Oh yeah, you can get that ball." You can you can collect that. You can collect that, and you're thinking, hey, what what happened? What happened there? And I know we're rushing up on time, and I know you have an amazing important day ahead of you. So I want to to kind of transition. I'm gonna ask you the last couple of questions, and and, uh, and then I'm gonna uh, say a couple of other things, and then I'll pause us, and then we'll say goodbye, and then we'll talk about our next time meeting. Because I um I feel like that I could talk to you. Which I'm not actually doing. I'm actually listening to you. I could ask you so many questions right now that we would be on the line for two hours. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because you you are as I have as I have said. You you obviously are an amazing person, and, and you have done amazing things, and you have the benefit of doing amazing things that fall into your passion that your and your study world that has grown. So so I admire you very much for that, and thank Thanks you so. for for doing that. So Anna, if someone were in Dunedin where would they run into the Campbell clan so
1: I I'm a huge lover of cricket and it's well, cricket is cricket is a you know cricket's a game which is global it's uh, but huge in India and it's a fascinating game it's like what like it's some people say to me Anna how can you watch cricket all day it's like watching paint dry and <laughs> I try and describe to them, it's like a chess game. There's games within games, and it's a wonderfully relaxing place for me to be. My children all played or still play. Uh, I'm involved in, in community cricket organisations, and so I love watching cricket. I also have two wonderful dogs and a wonderful husband. <laughs> I should say that the other way. I around <laughs> I have a wonderful husband Good and a two wonderful order. dogs. <laughs> Two wonderful dogs. Uh, the, my dogs are Freddie and Louie. And in Dunedin, there are beautiful beaches within 10 minutes of my house. You know, many, many beautiful beaches. And so we love to walk our dogs on the beach and we have our own garden. And so they're the kind of things we do. We're we're pretty, you know, pretty similar to your average person in the US. We just love our family, love our pets and, and do all we can to, to spend that time together.
0: If someone were to find... Dr. Anna Campbell online in the community online. Where would someone run into you? Would they see you on another program? Would they find you on any of the social medias, like on the TikTok, something like that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I have to say I haven't. I haven't engaged in TikTok. Uh, well, I did actually. I engaged in TikTok for a little bit and lost hours. Lost hours of my world. Totally addictive so actually took it off my phone but i am so myself and also our business zest wellness so it's zest with two t's zest wellness are on instagram as well as facebook and you can also find me on linkedin i do uh, do write some regular columns and things and 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 spread them on linkedin and i and i love connecting with people so you know please if you're in new zealand or if you're online and you and you're interested, then I'd love to hear from you because you know, people are everything and and what we can do together, no matter where we come from or no matter our paths, uh are really exciting. And I think, you know, when we talked about your mental health earlier, and I think, you know, genuine people to people connections are critical for our our physical health and our mental health. So, you know, reach out. I'd love to chat.
0: That's awesome. Thank you, Dr. Anna Campbell. I am so glad that I sat next to you on this flight and I'm so, (laughs) uh, so, so happy that I have got to meet you. Would you mind uh that uh, if i caught back up with you because i would like to introduce you to doug my my normal uh co-host uh in the future would you mind if we caught back up with you and, and maybe dug a little bit deeper into some of these things
1: yeah absolutely and i like i can also bring darcy along too because i oh, think gosh. he you know you'd love to hear from him too he's he's yes. he's a fascinating guy and um and that creative tension will play out <laughs> in a podcast
0: well, that is good we will definitely get that book so oh, get that book anna it's a such a pleasure to meet you and as we part I'd like to wish you cheers from Charleston in America.
1: <laughs> and cheers, I can um, because it's morning time here, I'm still on the coffee. So yep, cheers from New Zealand and I'll I'll save my beer till later on tonight. Very
0: Beer's good. All right. Top. Talk to you soon. Bye Anna.
1: Take <laughs>